It's the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy. Christmas and welcome to this this brief little um, brief little stocking stuffer of a Christmas episode of the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy. I am Josh Jingle Bells Edison. They start with a J, I suppose. We have a ding dong merrily on high, Doctor Denter. Where shall I say I'm Doctor Yippie Kaye Dentist. That'll do. Um, Yes, just a quick little... We, I, I, Did you know that Die Hard was not released at Christmas? No. No, I think it was released back in March. Mm. So even though it's set at Christmas, it was never released as a Christmas film. Oh, no. Which is leading to a whole bunch of people saying it's not a Christmas film because it was not actually released at Christmas. Mm. No, it is a Christmas film. Passion of the Christ. Life of Brian. Mm. Passion of the Christ is an Easter film. Same thing. Life of Brian is an Easter film. Bit of both. Sometimes, Joshua, I Six don't think you're ever planning to be a Catholic priest after all. Um, yes, anyway, it's um, we, 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 we've recorded our final episode for the year, but we didn't do the thing that, that most respectable podcasts do, of course, at the end of the year and have a sort of a review, which, of course, is what we have done in previous years, but although I'm, I'm noticing a lot, podcasts seem to be a bit more reluctant this year to do a review of the year, I think because nobody actually wants to look back on this particular year. And yet for us, this year, I mean, it has been a great year from a whole bunch of perspectives, but from a conspiracy theory perspective, it's mm. been a bumper year. There's, There's been no lots. way to deny it. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm looking through the year's episodes. I it's hard to actually see where there's a shift, to be honest. We started talking about the Rendlesham incident leading into the Whisperer in Darkness podcast back at the start of the year. We talked about... Actually, on that level, that's quite interesting that we got two episodes, mm. sorry, two series of Lovecraft investigations in one calendar year. I imagine that's one of the the upsides for audio recording. There's a... What else have you got to do? Mm. I mean, literally, what else yeah. have you got to do? Yeah, that's true. But we looked at a bunch of stuff. We, we was Shakespeare. Oh, no, that was the end of last year. It was the end of 2019. We looked at Nazis in New Zealand. We looked at moa bones in New Zealand, which some people insisted were giant bones. Um, we looked at the case when a guy uh, shot at the Queen when she came here visiting decades ago. Remember, if you're, going, if you're going to take a shot at the Queen. You best not miss. Mm. Uh, what else did we look at? We we, uh, we we had a proper look at the Oklahoma City bombing that we've been meaning to talk about a lot. So we had a proper look at Harold Holt, who we'd mentioned in the past, but never really had a proper look at. Um, and then I'm, I'm sort of, I'm going through the episodes trying to find a bit where things changed, but they never really did, I guess. I think I think if we were to go through the news segments of every um, episode or every news episode, yes, things then things would get very, 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 well, both COVID-19 and very Donald Trump-y. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, it wasn't this year that we gave up on the Trump, the Trump, 
the Trump on the Trump moral the Trumpatorium. It was it was last year, was last wasn't year, it? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, this year we pretty much gave up on news episodes towards the end because it was just all Trump and COVID, and there was nothing actually interesting about the news. No, no, and actually, I think that's something we need to think about for next year. Mm. I initially thought the once a month news digest thing would be a really, really great idea. Now I'm beginning to think that no. But I'm also beginning to think that maybe maybe doing a little less news for patron stuff and slightly more interesting side story for mm. patron stuff might also be a better thing long term. I'm kind of just getting bored of the news. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just not that not that new, really. Uh, but so what did we do? We um, we had the episode where we just read through uh, Infowars and David Icke's website. That was that was good fun. We had a bunch of interviews. We did. We did have, and they were good interviews yeah. as well. Um, apart from various interviews with your your academic contemporaries, we had another one from Joe, didn't we? We had. Was it this year? You had your little round table four way interview. We did. With, yes. With, with, yep. Yep. Um, but then you also you um, interviewed uh, Byron. You had the episode uh, we talked about him. He's who well, I caught up with down mm. in Christchurch just a few weeks ago. And he's been in the uh, David Ferrier uh, has been published an article of his is, is the, in two parts. In two parts because he's been looking into uh, the the sort of the right wing white nationalist terrorist types down here in New Zealand and David Ferrier took an interest in that and then that leads nicely into of course with your interview with David Ferrier himself who who has his own podcast now he does yeah it was is it, so is it actually his I thought it, I wasn't sure if it was him or him his podcast or him guesting on someone else's podcast oh, I'm actually not because he has talked about understand. having recorded episode two mm. I think he's taking existing podcasters and working with them. Uh, yeah, something like that, anyway. But yes, and so which which um, then led to the the question: Is David Ferrier the most famous David we've had on this podcast? I think in this day and age, more people have heard of David Ferrier than have heard of David Icke. Sure, I think David Icke's more niche, perhaps, like his follower count. I don't account. know. In the I mean, UK, David, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been leading lockdown protests in the UK. Yeah, with, maybe maybe in, it depends I mean, where you live. It's a bit hard to tell how big the membership of those protests are, but they're certainly big enough. Mm. But on the other hand, um, David Ferry has had a series on Netflix, so he, he poss possibly has the reach. Oh, I don't no, know. I'm, I'm in no way am I besmirching oh. the fame of David Ferrier. I think, however, contextually... David Icke, at least when it comes to discussion of conspiracy theories, is probably still going to win out just for the sheer fact that it's David Icke. Oh, it's certainly when it comes to conspiracy theories, but just in terms of overall worldwide fame, if we want to boast about the famous people we've had on our podcast, would we be better off boasting about having spoken to David Ferrier or having spoken to David Icke? I think I can trade on both. Well, yes, there we go. Maybe, maybe we should just be properly non-committal. Um, so what else did we do? We, we, we had um, numerous interviews. We had um, 
Unfortunately, I've got a little bit mixed up because I'm reading through our, our uh, library of in Google Docs of all our no, episodes. Yeah, and, and of course, the, the problem the, is yeah. if you look at an old episode, it, even if you don't edit it, it still brings that up to the top of the list. So yes, which is very, very mm. bad design. So I, I, I keep going to say, oh, and we talked about, oh, no, that was actually from a couple of years ago. I just looked at it while we were talking about that earlier one. Uh, but of, co of course, obviously, the big thing is that we started Conspiracy Theory Masterpiece Theatre. We um, did. Which? September. Oh, maybe... Yeah, September, August, I think, we started uh, with Charles Pigdon. Charles Pigdon's Popper Revisited. Or What is Wrong with Conspiracy Theories. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going quite slowly. I think it is, yeah. I don't know. I sort of, I was worried a little bit, perhaps, that it might be a bit academic and dry for people who come here just to hear us talking about funny conspiracy theories. But um, uh, it, it, people seem to enjoy it. I enjoy it, certainly. Um, that's good. Yeah, and I'm 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 enjoying going back to papers mm. I haven't read in some cases in twelve years or so. So when I was rereading the David Cody the other day, I found references in the notes to my partner at the time because oh, I now know exactly where I was when I was writing those notes up. Mm. Yes, I mean, it's certainly it's been interesting for me to see. It. I, I feel, I sort of, I feel like I'm at a bit of a, an advantage, really, having had sort of like ten years or so of this sort of condensed through you to me throughout the the, the recording of this podcast. So then I get, I have the benefit of that to being able to read these things. Uh, but it's, it's it's nice to flex the old philosophy muscles again. I haven't. So, Josh, do you think in a few years' time I can get you to start writing papers on conspiracy theory? Theory, I, I given would... that I'm training you up and make, mm. making you read all of these classic papers one by one every fortnight. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll be like, okay, here's a deep cut. Rocket Raccoon. Have you read the original Rocket Raccoon Marvel comic books? I have not. The, I, I read them. Okay, let's go. Let's take another step back. When I was a kid, you used to get Transformers comics down at the local comic shop, but they weren't just regular Marvel ones. They were like reprinted ones from England or something. Oh yes, the English Marvel, the English, which was a very yeah, different. Was a thing weird from thing. So US you Marvel. sort of had Transformers serials and then other weirds. And so the backup story in some of them was Rocket Raccoon, and the original Rocket Raccoon story was that he was like he was on a planet that was one big insane asylum, and he was basically it was full of these genetically engineered animals that had been created to be sort of companions to the patients um, and it was sort of the whole thing was automated and it was sort of run by like they were like robot clowns who were sort of the entertainment but they'd taken over and it was all weird um, and so, so that, that's what that's what Rocket Ra Raccoon originally was he was sort of the hero of this asylum planet fighting against evil clowns um, and at the very end they they get these these books which were the sort of the combined knowledge of all of the psychiatrists who had been working on with the patients in the past and they feed it all into this big machine that ends up spitting out helmets that that can cure any insanity and they sort of cure all the people of all their mental illnesses and then go off into space or something but i'm starting to feel like i'm i'm the machine that you're feeding all the knowledge into and eventually i'm going to squirt out sanity helmets <laughs> and then i'm going to wear you like a helmet <laughs> yep so that, that's, or, or like Mr. Bean wears a turkey. So I think, I think in this analogy, you, sir, are Rocket Raccoon. Oh, make, I'm, to yep, make that I, am, I am willing to take that mantle on. Anyway, so uh, what else? I mean, there was, 
then of course, then of course, elections. We we had the local election and the U.S. election, which were too big to not talk about. Um, now, what is interesting is that despite the fact there was a lot of media ink spilt on the phenomena of Billy T.K. Jr. and Advanced New Zealand slash the New Zealand Public Party to the point where they looked like they were an incipient threat to the very the very demos of our society. They ended up doing not particularly well at all, and our election was remarkably sensible and also remarkably centrist, which is an mm. issue we have in this country, which is an issue for another time. And then a few weeks later, we had the US. Yes, which was which continues to continues to be um, just a, a rolling pile of crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think no matter what happens with my movements next year. We're going to have to do a post-inauguration episode mm. anyway, just to see whether on January 21st US time things are a lot worse or only ever so slightly better. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the question is how... Uh, it sort of becomes a question of, of sort of numbers, really. I mean, is it just that you have a small number of crazies who are the the loudest and most Americans are actually just want things want yep. things to carry on. Or or is it actually a big groundswell? Or of course the other issue is that maybe you do have a small number of crazies, but a small number of crazies can do a large amount of damage if if they want to. Well yes, and I mean this is a discussion I've been having with people on belief in conspiracy theories in general. So the what the paper I gave down in Christchurch week before last was looking at how I kind of square the circle between the idea that I think we should treat conspiracy theories seriously and the fact there's obvious problems when you've got people believing COVID-19 conspiracy theories because they end up being vectors for the disease and the fact that no matter what we think about the size of the people who believe that the election was stolen in the US, there's still social harms being done by those people engaging in roughhousing on the streets and threatening officials, undermining democratic processes and the like. And part of that is sometimes it doesn't really matter if a view is a minoritarian view, if the consequences of some people believing it have outsized effect, which is the issue with COVID-19 conspiracy theories. Because COVID-19 is quite infectious, even if not many people believe it's a false pandemic or simply suspect this, it's no worse than the common cold, if that means they don't wear face masks mm. or they don't socially distance or they don't wash their hands, that makes them a vector for an uncaring disease. Because the disease doesn't care what you think about it. No. It's just going to spread. In the same respect, if you've got underlying trust issues in your democracy anyway... A situation where people are then causing even more harm to that notion of trust, even if there aren't that many of them, it can have outsized effect for how society works. And so there is this big question I'm grappling with, which is I'm still committed to the ideals of particularism, that we need to treat conspiracy theories seriously because we need to be vigilant about conspiracies. But at the same time, we do need to have an ethical discussion about how we go about those investigations in order to mitigate the bad effect of talking about these things publicly if it's going to A, lead to people 
finding out about these conspiracy theories and adopting them, or B, causing people to act in particular ways. Mm. I saw one person just recently saying that, that seeing parallels between um, the American response to COVID-19 in some cases and the, the poor state of sex education in, uh, in America, the um, either distrust of or weird ideas around the concept of, of uh, prophylactic measures um, seem to be a they're sort of drawing a parallel between the the, the the idea that comes out of the likes of abstinence and the education that contraception is nonsense to to the the idea that all these preventative measures against COVID are a waste of time yeah. not worth dealing with and what have you. But anyway, so twenty two. So far, I actually I th I think the worst thing about twenty twenty is that for once all the unoriginal pricks on Twitter moaning about what a trash fire of a year this was are going to have a point. Every year at the end of the year, you always get people go, oh my God, this year was so terrible, which first showed up, 2014, I think, was the first year when just everyone seemed to be saying that. And the reason they were saying that was the likes of the Ferguson riots and so on, which essentially they were saying 2014 was a terrible year because white people suddenly became aware of problems that black people had known about for decades. So I always thought, I, I, always, I always gave a bit of side-eye to the people talking about how terrible that year was, and it just never seems to let up. But this year, frankly, now people do actually have license to talk about what a what a what a dumpster fire of the year of a year this year was. Then that being said, for the work I do, mm. it's kind of been marvellous, and that's a terrible thing to say. But there has it's been a lot of call for my expertise, both within media commentary work, but also academic work. It's the year in which I was finally offered an ongoing position within a university, mm -hmm. given my expertise on this particular topic. And I did spend a large chunk of the middle of the year basically fending off journalists who wanted to ask me questions about things. So in many respects, it's kind of been great. At the same time, as I keep telling people, would be quite nice to be studying this year from the perspective of history mm, and not having to live through it. through it at the same time. Yes. Uh, Favourite episode of the year? It kind of all blurs together. It kind I'm of right, actually, no, no, I have to say our new series, which is still professionally called What the Conspiracy, because we still haven't come mm. up with an actual name where we're telling each other about particular conspiracies that the other presumably hasn't heard of. I thought that was a marvellous in, in introduction because it's just a, just, just a neat way of mm. doing things. So I really enjoyed both my being the host and your being the host. I'm looking forward have to, to more see what else we can come yeah. up with, yes. Oh, I've, I've, I've got a list. Mm. I've got a list. I do I have the advantage. To, I, need, yeah, I need to start coming up with some ideas myself. I think um, possibly my favourite episode was the Loose Change one. It was just oh, so, yeah. uh, so, something something that it was weird we hadn't talked about ever in any detail, and also because I had never actually watched all of Loose Change. So it was, it, again, like, like you just said, a really interesting topic to look at, at historically wasn't something I think I would have wanted to have spent much time on at the time it was first going yeah. around and everyone was talking about it. Which is why 11, 
the new documentary by Dylan Avery mm. is something that we're going to need to watch. Yeah, in I think we for will. Next year. I think we will. Is it out? Is it out now? Or it is, it is just coming yeah. out? No, no. It, I, uh, it might be about to come out. And yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch this new documentary by Dylan Avery looking at. Oh, I called it 11, it's actually 7, looking at the collapse of World Trade Center Building 7 for the sheer fact that it's it's kind of been funded by architects and engineers for 9-11 Troth. And no matter what you believe about 9-11 and the set of inside job hypotheses, I do think Dylan Avery is the wrong person to choose as your person to make a documentary in part because they obviously don't come at the topic with a sense of neutrality now i'm not saying documentarians have to be neutral but i do think if you're trying to persuade people to believe your particular conspiracy theory of an event you're probably better off getting a documentarian to provide you a documentary that has no associated history with your movement but also secondly as we discussed in the episode on, of Loose Change, Loose Change has had several different cuts mm. where he's changed the story to get rid of problems in previous versions of it. And that that just doesn't give me confidence that he's going to be very good as a documentarian generally. No, no. I mean, we said he... If not, if not um, set the template for that sort of documentary with Loose Change, he certainly popularised it. Um, but that was a long time ago. If he, if, he, if he takes the same approach now, I think it's just going to look be, be a bit old hat. Yeah, precisely. Mm. No, so it's one of those things, we'll watch it, but it's hard to go into it with a charitable point of view, given that documentarian's history. Mm. Not because of the movement, but because of the documentarian, I think he is entirely the wrong person to choose to do a, do a documentary. Although I think that also speaks to maybe a lack of PR nous on the part of architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth for either A, not recognising that, or B, not being able to find anyone else to sponsor to make a documentary about the collapse of World Trade Center Building 7. Mm. But anyway, that's that's looking forward to the future. We're meant to be looking back over the year that was. But frankly, I think you probably have the better idea because looking back over the last year, um, mildly painful. Uh, I, I think that's probably enough. Well, actually, this no, was, no. Oh, no. Do, do you have more? Do you predictions have more? for oh, next predictions. year's conspiracy okay. theories. Well, I mean, the obvious thing would be that they're going to keep coming up with variations on the election that was stolen from Donald Trump. I mean, those, those aren't going to go away even when Biden gets inaugurated. So they're, they're just going to keep festering, I assume. Um, otherwise, I mean, and again, the, the bloody COVID stuff's probably not good. Like vaccines are starting to come yeah, out and so and precisely. on. precisely. We are going to get a new crop of anti-vax anti conspiracy yeah. theories around the various different vaccines that we're going to see because you've got not, you've not, not just got the Pfizer and the Moderna one you've got the Russian vaccine you've got the Chinese vaccine you've got a variety of other smaller vaccines which look to be even more more efficacious than the Moderna and Pfizer ones 
we are going to see conspiracy theories galore. Mm. I mean, we're already seeing them. Alex Jones is talking about how six people died in the the testing of the Pfizer vaccine. And he's going, look, they're trying to cover this up. And people are going, well, they actually got that information from from the actual paperwork. So if they're hiding it, they're very much hiding it in plain sight. And it's true, six people did, did die during the development of the vaccine. Three of those people were in the control group, so never got the vaccine at all, which means actually only three people who got the vaccine died. And I think two of those were really, really old, so they actually just died of natural causes. And one might be a slightly suspicious death. I haven't actually looked into that. But it does seem as if a case of you're kind of trying to make the claim that A, they're hiding it, and B, it's bad. But A, they're not hiding it, and B, it looks like they actually have explanations for every single case. Mm. Yes, I suppose perhaps a little depressingly, you, uh, I think that is the right. The, the biggest conspiracies we'll see next year will be new ones, but based on the ones we've already... Plus there'll be a whole year. crop of new Brexit conspiracy theories as the UK suddenly works out that it's not important mm. and is going to have to explain why the world is picking on it because the UK is about to discover it's not quite the nation state it thinks it is. Mm. Yes, yes, that'll be interesting to see. Okay, well, is, that, is, is that it then? Shall yes, we, yes, I think, shall I think we... we can now call yep. 2020 to a close, thus guaranteeing that in the next six days, something awfully big is going to occur. Yep, definitely. Okay, so if, you, if you're listening to this just before Christmas, uh, when we plan to put it out, Merry Christmas. Well, actually, no, if think, you waited I, until I after think, Christmas. I think Christmas Day. Actually, on Christmas Day? Yeah, on okay. Christmas Day. Well, if you're keen enough to be listening to podcasts on Christmas Day, then Some people are. hope you're having a good one. Yep. Uh, other, otherwise, if you're catching up on your podcasts after a well-deserved break, um, for those of you where going on holiday is any sort of an option, um, then I hope you had a good Christmas and a happy new year and all of that business. Uh, and we'll talk to you again soon-ish. Yes, sometime next year. Or this year, depending on when you're listening to it. Well, that's true. Mm. I mean, this, these could also be dusty voices mm. from the long distance past telling you about the case of what is a United States? Mm. What is a COVID-19? Mm, mm. Why do you keep using this word podcast? Yes, I can only imagine what our distant ancestors will make of this. In fact, actually, I can't because I don't really care. Up I just, ancestors. I just think of this in respect to the the kind of future imagined by the novel Galapagos, where we just basically evolve into a a lovely otter-like species that just swims around having sex. Mm, excellent. Oh well. Happy swimming, campers. Yep. Happy swimming, sex otters. We'll talk to you next slash this year. That's me speaking otter. Mm, no, I got that. You've been listening to the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, hosted by Josh Addison and M. Denton. If you'd like to help support us, please find details of our pledge drive at either Patreon or Podbean. If you'd like to get in contact with us, email us at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.